Uh, greetings from South Africa. Greetings from Potchestrom. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited just what God is doing in this house. It was great to see Tom and Jerry um, uh, uh, or Bill Cosby look alike. I need to have a copy of that video clip. Uh, it won't make sense if I show it, but I just need to have it to show it. Um, I'm really excited to be with you. I'm trusting God. Uh, I will share something about our church, but I'm, I'm so wired just to get into prophesying. So um, uh, if, um, if I miss a beat, I will try and say it later. If you don't understand me, just look like you understand me. <laughs> At least you're getting better. You're catching the jokes. So that's fine. Um, so thank you very much just for having us. What's up, Baba and Miss Tracy? What a joy just to, to journey with you and to celebrate uh, the healing power of God over your life. It's just such a joy. Um, uh, I am I'm overwhelmed by what God is doing in your life. and uh, You've got a new pastor. I know, I know he had a, the doctors gave him a clean slate, but I want to say you've got a new pastor. Uh, pastor. Um, um, it's the same thing. It's just different side of the world. That side's winter, so it's pastor. This side is summer. It's pastor. Okay. But it is. It's amazing to see what God is doing in His life, and to see really the the presence of God in their family. And I'm not saying this because it's a good thing to share. Uh, this, because that's what you do about your friends. You brag about them. I'm sharing this because I want you to know there's, there's something different. Um, I'm glad Miss Lindsay's in the house. And when she stepped in and when I saw Pastor Zach, and I'm not sure if he's still here somewhere, um, but uh, two different stories. When I saw you when you came in, I just sensed you're carrying the presence of God. Um, it's a new day. It's something new. Something has happened. Pastor Baba told me there's a new thing in the house. And I want to say, I experienced it. And it's not the carpets. It's not the walling. It's not the videos. It's, it's a presence. And when I saw Pastor Zach playing today, it's, it's, it's a new day. I, I remember the days when they were playing and barely made it. But it was good. Uh, I was always impressed by the videos. And... And, but just to see there's a new level. And, and I want to say, is when I come back, I know I'm going to see a different level even from today. Because some of you are going to step into what God wants you to step into. And uh, it's, it's exciting. Let me give you a little picture of where we're at and what's happening in Potch. I'm going to speak to you today about digging a well. Digging a well. And I'm going to give you some history lessons of, um, of Jennings uh, in part of preaching to you. Uh, that's, uh, only Sumeri will understand that little sign there. Go, go to the next picture. I just want to show you. I hope, I'm not sure if it can be zoomed. Oh, well, you can see it clearly here. This is our campus service. And uh, uh, Pastor Henny is heading up our campus team. And that's our worship services. And we are building, finally finishing our building, and gonna, we're in a completion stage. And I want to say thank you so much, O.C. Jennings. Thank you for sharing in 
in, in, in offerings and thank you for sharing what we are doing uh, in Potchestrom. We are trusting God that we will be finished in the next few months. An uh, 815-seater sanctuary, a steel structure. When I was here last year, I got the vision, let's just do it. Just buy a steel structure. And then we bought one, which was the wrong one. We sold it, and we are building a new one. Um, yeah, it was an old mine, mine steel structure. It wasn't the right one. And so we're building a light-structured one that can seat 815 people. And... Uh, what the enemy meant for harm, God is just turning around. But in our building, when you, when you all visit, and I'm so sorry, so many of your computers have been stolen, your planes have been shot down, your cell phones have been taken away from you. Because none of you answer your emails. I mean, it must be something. No, it's just, I, I, just, I know you're busy, and there's, there's technology. It's just a joke, okay? It's a real private joke, okay? Um, it's just a nice way of saying Please respond back. You've got a brother from Africa. Um, but inside of a building, you will get into a building, you will see these, these two praying hands. And I know some of you thought you thought about it. It was actually from South Africa where it came from, uh, which we gladly share with all of our family members. But these praying hands, you will step into it, and there will be a few of these bricks will say, Our Savior's Church Jennings. And when we pray for the nations and when we pray for uh, people, you will be in our minds because you were part of that. You built where nobody else trusted and built and sent, sent money into the rest of the world. And, and it will become a center and a haven to touch nations. Just like your place is becoming a center which is touching cities and a region and touching nations. So I want to say thank you so much for being part of that. So that's a final picture of what we're going to do. And it's, that's, it's only about, only about $250,000. We are, and we are halfway there. And so we are so excited. So, so excited. It's so close. It's just so close. So please pray for us. Pray, pray that, that God will grace us and God will help the people to be motivated uh, in this, and, and as we pray, you pray for us, we pray for you. We trust God for breakthrough in your house. It's going well with my family, and they are sending all their love and regards. They are very, very sad they are not here. And they have fond memories of the way he treated us. Pastor Zach has ruined our lives forever. Um, he gave his house last year for us to stay in. Everything was fantastic except one thing. There was Netflix. <laughs> and that messed our lives up. Now we're trying to get a Netflix in South Africa and we can't find one. We can't find a fast enough broadband to get it to us. But um, we are praying for Netflix to come to South Africa. <laughs> Thank you for ruining my life. Um, we have discovered new shows like Top Shot. Um, and uh, so that's, that's changed our lives. Thank you so much for that. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you right now for tangible presence of you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm trusting God I will, I will not keep you long. Um, and hungry.
Pastor um, Tracy is going to help me by reading a, a portion of Scripture. I thought of to be kind to you, at least that you understand some part of the sermon. Um, now, that's not Cajun English. It's at least Seattle English, but it's great mixed with the Cajun blood. Pastor Tracy, thank you so much. If you can turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 26, verse 12, and we're going to read from there. Almost Tracy's going to read. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herd of cattle, and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled there. He reopened the wells his fathers have dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Yisek, which means argument. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it, so Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. From there, Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father, Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. I will multiply your descendants, and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshiped the Lord. He set up his camp at that place, and his servants dug another well. One day, King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor, Ahuzath, and also Pichol, his army commander. Why have you come here, Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. They replied, we can plainly see that the Lord is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us, just as we have never troubled you. We have always treated you well, and we sent you away from us in peace. And now look how the Lord has blessed you. So Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty, and they ate and drank together. Early the next morning... They each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again, and they left him in peace. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed. So Isaac named the well Sheba, which means oath. And to this day, the town which grew up there is called Beersheba, which means well of oath. Thank you so much, Mr. Tracy. God bless his word. Digging a well in the midst of impossibilities, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of tough things, 
is what God made us for. Do know that God is your provider even when you have obstacles, even when you have a bad report, even when you face difficulties. A difficulty or impossibility, it's one of the, what Pastor Zach said, it's one of the most amazing gifts you can ever have in your life. Because it gives you an opportunity to praise God. It gives you an opportunity to take your focus from the impossibility to a place of possibility. To a place of where that thing needs to bow its knees before the name of Jesus Christ. When you face turmoil, when you face sickness, when you face financial crises, it's not God that brings it upon you, but it gives you an opportunity to show that thing, that obstacle, who is God in your life. And so there's an there's a place that God has brought you in a place like this to dug a well. And I want to, in a few minutes, just share with you a word that I have for you about your land. And I'm going to speak today about a spiritual land, but also about a physical land. You see, there's somebody once said, and I, I really believe it, what happens in the natural parallels in a spiritual if you start to to see and recognize that there's there's power in a name when you call somebody a name there's a meaning these places Jake, um, uh, Isaac called names and it's said in the Bible it's even called today the same name so he named it because of something so when the first time I came to Pastor Baba about six, seven years ago was in the summertime. We met uh, at a conference in Palm Springs. He visited us and was, we were still in a small sanctuary. God knitted our hearts together. And you know that his second son, Andrew, served us for a year. You have sent the largest mission team ever out of Jennings, uh, one of your members were contained at Houston Airport because he brought a knife. He wanted to be prepared for, uh, for the trip to Africa. That caused the whole thing that you can't take a knife. You, you brought a little crocodile dundee with you, and, uh, or alligator dundee, whatever you call him. And so, but our hearts were knitted together. And from the first day when we met, I always had this word. I said to Pastor Baba, there's oil on your land. He started to explain to me about the discovery of oil in Jennings, the first place where it was discovered. And so I said to him, Pastor Baba, there's oil on your land. And he said, like a good pastor, back to me, yes, I know God gave us a promise of a spiritual oil coming. And I said, mm, I hear you, but I know there's physical oil. And he countered back to me and said, well, I know there's a spiritual world. So we had several oil moments in our lives. And I don't have a big understanding since I'm not from Saudi Arabia or any of those places who grew up in Texas about oil. The only thing I know about oil is something you need for your gas. And the way where I grew up, we made oil out of coal. Um, so we literally, I grew up in a place where we made oil, but out of coal. So I never saw the real oil, just coals and making oil out of that. Um, but yes, here's what I heard. I heard that there's physical oil on your land. 
Now, it hasn't been discovered. It hasn't been confirmed. But this, uh, this time when we came together, there was something in my heart that resonated with Pastor Baba told me again. Willem, I'm trusting God for a place, a presence of God here in this, in this group of people God placed us together. And I saw a hunger and an intentionality of him of trusting God for the supernatural. He phoned me saying that you are contributing $4,000 to our building, which is huge. And he said, I'm trusting with this seed that we will open the supernatural in our city. And it resonated. When he said it, maybe he just didn't mean intentionally to say it, but when he said it, it resonated in my heart. That God is going to open a supernatural well of oil, of a spiritual oil, of something that touch nations inside of Jennings and inside of this area. And so, I really believe what happens in the natural or in the spiritual will parallel each other. There's a scripture that I have on it that says in Genesis and you can put it on, please. Verse 17, uh, Genesis 22, verse 17. It says, Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand of, on, which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. There's a place that which the enemy has right now, which God is saying, I'm giving it to you. There's places in this area which is still controlled, still handled by drug dealers and by corrupt people and, and by people who don't, don't value life. But God is saying, I'm giving you that gate. I'm going to multiply you. There's some businesses, there's some schools, there's some places that's closed to you right now because of things that the enemy has come to do. When you dug a well, they came afterwards and they filled it or they possessed it. But God say, there's a new day. There's a new day as you seek my presence and as you praise me in the midst of this presence, you are opening a gate or a well for my supernatural multiplication. Now, the first well, I want to, and this is a, this part of the sermon comes out of Wikipedia, okay. Um, so we use the Bible and Wikipedia just to confirm the natural and the spiritual. But, but this part is, you can search, just Google that, search on the history the first oil that was discovered in the U.S. And you will get the following article. An article of, of your, your local government saying what happened with the oil that was discovered. And that was discovered in an area which Jennings are part of, which is called Evangeline. Okay, so forgive me if I'm not too good with your ge geography, ge ge geography but, um, but Evangeline means the following. 
the name evangelism, I know you know it, but maybe you don't know it. It means good news or the bearer of good news. So it's the same as, as the gospel. So what, maybe that's why you didn't know it, because in Afrikaans we call the gospel evangelie, evangelion. That's why you didn't know it, because we call it good news evangelie, evangelion. And so you're living in a place which was called after a woman's name, but it was called after a destiny, a place of bringing good news. So in 1901, in Mamau Prairie, I hope Mamau, Mamau Prairie, Mamu, Mamu, Mamu Prairie. Hey. There was an owner of a property, Jules Clement, who noticed, and I want you, I want you, I'm reading something for you, but I want you to hear something significant in the spirit realm. Who had noticed bubbles rising up from a spot in one of his rice fields when it flooded. With this recent discovery in Spinal Top in his mind, he conducted an experiment. He stood on an old stovepipe above the bubble, bubbles lit a match and threw it in the pipe. And gas bubbles ignited. That's not a very good thing to do. Okay. <laughs> he told his friends, and the news spread to Jennings, reaching the ears of several interested businessmen. They quietly bought land and secured le- leases on this land of about 2,000 acres. And then formed a company called S.A. Spencer and Company. So what happened was, this is, what, this is the story. So Haywood was one of the people who commit, co- commented on this. said, sometimes he, he wondered as they dug for oil and searching for oil in this area, he wondered how they ever did it in those old days. And this is out of this article. It was 90 days of working in the hot sun, fighting mud, mosquitoes, and about 250 feet, there was a very small showing of oil in the mud on the top of a water sand. So what happened was they were starting to dig. People heard about this, and one of these men was called Haymen, Haywood, and they started digging in this. The business people heard the news, and they bought land. And then they were about 250 feet in and discovered a little bit of oil sand. And so they realized there's something. And there's, there's something, about, let me just kick into the spiritual, there's something about two things. When you hear a word to buy the shares, you know, some of us missed the dot-com bloom, boom, and always, oh, I missed that, uh, but some people heard it and they bought. There's, there's sometimes when you hear a word, we well, need to buy into it. You need to put energy into that. You need to put your resources into that. You need to put your prayer into that because there's something coming. And so I want you to understand this process is there was, they were digging into this well and around 400 feet. So at 250 feet, they saw something. 
but not enough for them to get it. About 400 feet, they twisted off a string of pipe. And it was necessary to give up that, that hole. So it was, they messed up the hole. And they moved over a few feet further with a fresh start. So sometimes you will find a place where you're discouraged, you find the impossibility, you won't find the opportunity, but, it, but it's in you, in your DNA, in your spiritual DNA to say, I'm going to have a fresh start. I'm going to have hope to start again. You might start a ministry, you might start a business, you might start something, you might have had a marriage and it didn't work out, but it doesn't mean stop. Don't stop for the first discouragement. I want to ask you, I want to leave this with you, what does it take for the enemy to discourage you and get you off track? What, what, is, it, is, it, what is, is it so easy when somebody phones you or texts you, you think, well, I'm going to leave this. What, what does he need to take you off track? And if you discover that, said, I will not lose my focus. Well, they moved, and when the specific contract reached the depth of 1,000 feet, remember, previously they had 250 feet. Now 1,000 feet. No oil has been found. Hayward's contract provided that his second well must be started within 30 days after the Jennings Oil Company was well finished. It was seemed foolish to him. I want to read this to you. It seemed foolish to him to draw another well to a debt of a thousand feet to acquire his interest. Scott Hayward proposed that the Hayward brothers obtain an agreement from the Spencer Company, allowing a second well to be drilled at the bottom of the Jennings Oil Company number one well. In a joint agreement between the two companies, they started August 11, 1901. I want you. There's dates I'm going to give you, but there's something important about the months. August 11th. The Hayward brothers was to draw at a depth of 1,500 feet. If any favorable indications were found, they were to draw to a greater depth if it was deemed advisable. Now, yeah, they drawled, and at 1,500 feet, there was no oil. So a decision, and you can put that on. A decision was made. I think it's one or two slides down. Should the well be abandoned or should they drill deeper? And I want to ask you again, I want to leave this question to you. When you sense, next one please, I think it's one or two. I just put a slogan on it. Next one. That's it. Can you see it? Should it be, the well be abandoned or should they drill deeper? And I, I, I'm, I'm sensing, for Zach, you said it. You're sensing, listen, people, there's something that changed in the atmosphere. And I want to say it's like that 250 meter, uh, feet, you discovered a little bit of oil. And your pastor, God, has miraculously healed him. But I want to ask you, are you going to stop when you get your first obstacle? Or are you going to dig deeper and say, Lord, for a time such as this, you've placed us together as brothers and sisters in this place to dig deeper because you've got something special in this area. Now listen to this. Some of the Hayward brothers wanted to call it a day. 
But Scott Haywood insisted on getting more drill pipe and going deeper on his own. Sometimes. And some of the leaders you need to hear. Sometimes it will need that you will drill on your own. And you will say, I'm going to play this piano, and I'm going to play it, I'm going to play it, I'm going to play it, and it doesn't matter if ne- nobody shows up, I am not performing for people. I want to see His presence tangible in this place. I'm going to lead a small group, a connect group, and I'm not, I'm not worried if only two show up, but I'm going to dig deep. Because I've discovered oil. I know there's oil in this area. So Albert Haywood felt that the brother should stay on with Scott as long as he wanted to draw. Scott Haywood shipped in more drill pipe and continued to draw. And at 1,700 feet, struck a very fine showing of oil in the sugar sand. More pipe was sent to finish off drilling into the sand. And it will finish about 100 feet of oil of sand. Now this is what they say. Casing was set with a gate of well for protection. After that, and I don't understand all these, these things. But they discovered oil. And here's the thing. On the evening of September the 21st, 1901, a farmer rushed into Jennings with the news that oil has been discovered. And they said, the sand was enough to produce about 7,000 barrels per day. And this is what your article says. To this date, over 220,000 wells have been drilled in Louisiana. It is the very first well that changed the history of our state forever. God has placed oil in an area called good news. He has placed some of you and your style of cooking has influenced the world forever. You can go in any restaurant you want to have fish grilled Cajun style. There was a century ago, a man that came to this area that went against the arts and drilled. And when his brothers wanted to say, it's over, don't go on, he continued and he went on. There's a story in the Bible of Noah and the ark. He built the ark, which is incomprehensible for 120 years. It means something we can't understand. But this you can understand. So the animals came two by two. And this is something you need to learn as a lesson. is When you see there is a movement and people move, you move with them. And so they moved into the ark. And when they moved into the ark, the Bible says seven days before it rained. Now understand, seven against 120 is not a lot. But if you are the wife of Noah or the son-in-law or the daughter-in-law of Noah and you are now finally with all these animals stuck in a little boat or big boat and you're waiting for something that they call rain that nobody has ever seen and it's the first day there's still excitement. The second day it's sort of, when is it coming? Well, it's coming. The third day... It's sort of, uh, 
Are you sure you heard right? Uh. By day four, they don't talk to each other anymore. <laughs> the, the crowd that watched them for the first three days is sort of old news. <laughs> They're going to rot into that stupid thing. By day six, it's crisis. Noah sleep on one side of the boat and his wife on the other side. <laughs> They've separated. But day seven is coming. And the rain is coming. I want to say is when you see something, start to celebrate small things as the big breakthrough. When you start to see a move, you start to celebrate as it is the big move. Because if you can't recognize the small things, you will never be able to see the big thing. As long as your eyes are waiting for the big thing, you will miss out. God whispers. God gives nudges. God gives an opportunity. God says, I want you. I want you here. I want you to dig a well. And today I'm talking to well diggers. I'm talking to people who are willing to draw for oil. Draw for presence. Draw for places. Lord, I'm going to take my Bible and I will not leave it until you show up. I will have this word around me. I will have this thing around me. Because I know out of this well, it's going to spread and it's going to touch the nations. In September 2001, a Baba came to town. Not the Baba that sells the vehicles. But God sent a Baba to start to dig a well and have some BS, Bible studies. <laughs> and that same year, 9 11, am I right? When, when it happened, what was it? When was it? When was it? 2001. 9 11. Same year, September. 9 11 hit the nation. But God sent a man to come into the city. And I want to, I'm not celebrating my friend. I'm celebrating the significance of what I see when oil is discovered. And he sat him down before the mayor's, when the mayor's place was sitting. And he was looking and God spoke to him. And he showed him the oil that was discovered. And he shared that story many times. But it was at that historic part of the town. He saw something. And in his spirit, something draw. Drew, and God was speaking to him. And I want to say, in a city where this is this massive vehicle company, Baba Outsolids, doesn't matter the cinema or whatever, but you have the Baba there. God brought a different Baba in to have a different vehicle, to build a different ark for a different rain, for a different impression. To bring something in the city. And it's not about the man. It's about understanding the spiritual dimension. You see, by faith, Isaac dug another well. And by faith, you digging a well will make room for God in your life. You know the great composer Bach, John Sebastian Bach. 
who after several jobs moved into a city called Leipzig in 1723. He was, he was a music director and a choir master in a St. Thomas church and school. And he faced a lot of opposition. The city council was fighting him. The church board was fighting him. Nobody was appreciating his musical skills. They said he was a stuffy old man who clung stubbornly to absolute forms of music. And as a result, they paid him a miserable salary and even tried to take his wife's inheritance away from her. But here's the thing. Despite the opposition, history tells us that every week he wrote a cantatus, cantatus, okay? Every week. Which many of them were hymns. She was digging a well. He was opening a gate in the midst of opposition. And while in today's date, if the most can, whatever can taught us, the people write, will be one a year, he wrote one a week. I think it's like a Noah, like a Isaac, like a Baba, or Zach, or Lindsay, whoever that's willing to say, in the midst of impossibilities, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stay. I'm going to draw. I will believe what God has said for the city. I want to sort of try and wrap up. You see, when we express our faith, it becomes a mirror that reflects the reality of where God is to where we're at. It becomes a place of a substance of the unseen. And what I'm doing today is I'm prophesying over you so that the word that God gave you, when many of you heard the evangelion, the gospel, the good news, and it changed and ruined your life forever, that you cannot go back where you came from. It touched your life in such a way. Now God says, I need well diggers. I need oil drillers. I need pipes. I need those willing to believe in the midst of impossibilities. Those who say, well, you know what? <laughs> it was amazing seeing people walking around and yes, yesterday and seeing Pastor Baba high-fiving him. But I bet you there was a lot of people who spoke in this town and said, huh, you know what, it's tough to be a Christian. Now this man of God is ill. I'm not sure if he's going to make it. People told him. They said, what a, what a tough thing, you know. <laughs> Shame that you have to die before us. But now it's easy to high five. And I want to say is, I want you to recognize hope. High-fiving in the midst of where nobody else sees it. To buy shares when it doesn't make sense to buy shares. To stuck because you're called to be here. God hasn't called OSC to be a great church. God has called you to be an oil well of His presence. God has called you to bring back a joy of the evangelion, of the gospel, of good news of amazing news, 
to build a wall of His presence so that nations will come. You're not raising support for your building and a miracle Sunday to have a bigger building. You're raising it because you're building a platform for what God has bringing into this house. You're not coming to Sundays to church just because it's a good thing to do. You're coming because this is a shareholders meeting. This is the moment where you start saying, how's our shares doing? It's amazing. We're discovering week by week wells. You're not asked to volunteer just to, oh, they want to keep you busy and out of sin. You volunteer because you're digging a little well. You're placing yourself. You're not asked to join a team just to be part of a team because they don't know what to do with you. Now you're asked because you have a drawing capacity. You have ability to promote something greater than anything else. And we stand before impossibilities. You just keep your attitude right. And you ask your people, go and dig another well. But before we go, we name this place. When we go to a restaurant... And order pizza or takeout. They give you a number. 195. 55. And you get a little card. You get your number. And when they say 95, 195 or 55, you respond because you ordered and numbered something. And I want to say is number your days. Number your time. Number your opportunity so that you know it's you that ordered it. And I'm here today to order with you a giant, giant revival. A giant place of God's presence being here. Touching this region. The economy of this region changing because of what is being done here. The Bible says, by faith we understand. Pastor Zach, you were so prophetic this morning with his songs. By faith we understand. By faith we understand. You see, you can read the Bible and it'll be great. But sometimes when you read the Bible, what is not known for your mind comes alive in your spirit. And your mind sees it with new understanding. And I'm prophesying over you today. An understanding of an oil well. You're not living in a city, in an area, just by chance. You are created for a season such as this. It's a moment such as this. Some of us are waiting for something to happen from the outside. But God is saying, I have placed something on the inside. Start prophesying. Start speaking. Start responding. Don't you think it was discouraging for Noah's family? Don't you think it was discouraging for Bach's family? Don't you think it was discouraging for Isaac's workers? I mean, it's, not, it's not like they had bulldozers and catapults and it's not like they had amazing tools to go and dug deep. Can you think about the, the discouragement when you dug deep? You finally found water in a place where you don't know where there's water, but you finally found water, and then 
someone just coming in and taking it. That's hard. And so I want to say, many times what we face is hard, it's tough. But it's those who are able to listen and do it over and over and over again. So Lord, I'm going to seek you. I will seek you, Lord. I will seek you, Lord. I will seek you, Lord. You will come. I will open my Bible. I will seek you, Lord. Your presence here, Lord. Lord, it doesn't matter if nobody else is here. I'm not here to please a crowd. I'm here to please you. I'm going to close with this. Really close with this. Do you play? I know you play, but I know if it's sort of a joint venture. In the midst of impossibilities, you start to praise the King of Kings. In Africa, I should seek for a YouTube video show you this. When they inaugurate our president, it's a bit wilder than your president, okay? They have a Kwaza or Zulu man in, in animal skin with a kiri or that's a, like a spear in his hand. And he comes in and he shouts, it's, I mean, I don't understand, but something like that, okay? And he starts to sing praises about the new president. They say, this man is amazing. This man's got seven wives. He's got 24 children. He falls a plane on his own. This man is, is coming from that side of, this, of, of the country. He's, he's going to be the best we ever had. And for about 10, 15 minutes, when they open parliament in Africa and most parliaments, they will have a praise singer coming in, which is freaky. If you don't understand somebody shouting with animal skins, you think, oh, but I understand something in the spirit. What happens in the natural parallels, parallels in the spiritual. And so sometimes it's freaky how we worship God. Nuts before God. Start screaming before God. Start praising Him. And other people think, what's wrong with you? But I'm seeing the praises of the King. I'm opening a gate for His presence. When we went to a very nice restaurant yesterday, we ordered from a waiter. A waiter is another name for angel. We didn't call her angel because we didn't want to propose on her. But it's the same, same function. Our angel or our waiter was waiting for an order from us. And she went with the order that we gave her to a room which was closed, was the kitchen. There was a door, a gate. But our order released the opening of the gate. And after a while, she came back with plates of what we said. Your orders are being awaited on you. These waiters all around this building, angels surrounding his praises, waiting for you to ask. That's what he says. Ask something in my name and I will give it to you. They're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. It's your time.